The Case of Lily James. Hello everyone, on this channel we will bring you crimes that have impacted the world, from disappearances to the most terrible murders, injustice, impunity, corruption, and the harshest sentences will be the accompaniments to these. Before we start with the story, I ask you to subscribe and activate the bell with all notifications, since that way I can continue creating content. With nothing more to say, let's analyze together all the details of this criminal story. Lily James was born in May 2002 in Australia, specifically in the coastal suburb of San in New South Wales, and she was the firstborn of the marriage formed by Jamie James and his wife Peter. The arrival of the little one not only was a source of immense joy for her parents, but also for her maternal grandmother, Barbara Adelt, who immediately fell in love with the beautiful blue eyes and blonde locks of that girl with a warm smile that spread joy. Since the family resided in the vicinity of the bay, the home of Lily's childhood had those privileged paradisiacal coasts with mild temperatures where, in addition, the locals knew each other. In fact, Jaime and Tita had managed to gain the affection of their community, and by extension, Lily also became very dear. Later, the family welcomed the second and last of the children, whom they called Max. Jaime worked as the water polo team coach at the Anglican Girls' School, an institution located in Harville, the economic and business heart of Sydney. It was there that Lily studied during her time at school. She proved to be an outgoing girl with the gift of making friends. Lily was an outstanding student who enjoyed helping other classmates with lower academic performance. This virtue, combined with her character, earned her the affection of many. As her little brother grew up, the young lady also devoted herself with patience and dedication to helping him overcome some hurdles with subjects that were difficult for him. Always full of energy, she soon dared to learn swimming and later, following in her father's footsteps, Lily decided to practice water polo, becoming a skilled player. By the time she entered high school, she was recognized by everyone as one of the best students in the school. Among the strictly academic and her many extracurricular activities, her teachers always saw in her versatility and high level because, in summary, Lily knew a lot about dedication and effort. Once again, these values of hers were evident when the young girl not only joined the school's theatre group, but also enrolled in dance classes. In reality, her dream was to complete both disciplines, and she soon achieved it. It quickly became apparent that her interpretations merged dramatic expressiveness with physical grace provided by dance. Knowing herself owner of that talent, Lily prepared to participate in the Eastford Festival. In this event, which is an institution in English-speaking countries like Australia and the UK, participants have the opportunity to showcase their skills and compete in various categories, from theatre through dance and other artistic performances. At the same time, constructive criticism from qualified judges allows them to improve their standards, and it also promotes musical sponsorship in the community. Lily wanted to go big and opted to recite a monologue from Macbeth, the famous work by William Shakespeare, imprinting her unique style instead of relying solely on dialogue and facial expression. She sought to convey the emotional journey of the main character through movement. The result was a harmonious combination that earned her praise from the jury 
and made her the winner of the second place in the theatrical category. In the sports field, the talented young lady also reaped tangible rewards, becoming the champion in swimming in the under-17 category. As expected, Jamie and Pet couldn't contain their pride, and it was that for them, every achievement of their daughter was a cause for celebration. Like in 2018, at just 16 years old, Lily passed her beginner's driving test. Immediately, Peter and Jamie shared the news with pride on their social media. In 2020, during the high school graduation ceremony, Lily radiated light and happiness. Intelligent, beautiful, and with an independent spirit, the world opened up to her. By then, she had already decided to pursue a career in the sports world. To this end, she enrolled in the University of Technology, Sydney, to study a degree in sports business management. In early 2021, with the start of classes, she got a part-time job as a water polo coach at St Andrews Cathedral School. Right from the start, the work experience turned out to be much more fascinating than the young woman expected. With her vibrant personality, she transformed classes into a unique and fun space, winning the affection of her students. Her age also played in her favour, making her closer to the group, and everyone felt like they had known her forever. Part of Lily's charm as a teacher was taking time for details. For example, she wrote cards for each student, focusing on their individual personalities, beauty and talents. It was precisely there that Lily met Paul, the coach and assistant sports teacher at the school, born in 1999 in the Netherlands. Paul was the only son of Steph and Saint-Tienne, a couple in a privileged position economically. The family moved to Australia in 2015 when the father was transferred to Sydney for work reasons. Once there, he enrolled in the St Andrews Cathedral School, where he joined the cricket team. Over time, after gaining the respect and admiration of his peers, the young man was appointed captain. He also actively participated in the school community by being part of the leadership team, contributing to the planning and execution of various events. However, not all of his classmates had a good opinion of him. Some considered him quite arrogant, and they were bothered by the way he approached girls, as if they were all ready to fall in love with him. As it was later known, in 2017, once Paul graduated from high school, the institution offered him the opportunity to become an assistant coach for the cricket and hockey teams. He accepted the offer, and in early 2018, he fully took over the subject. In his new role, he showed himself attentive and enthusiastic to encourage the boys. The rest of the staff considered that Paul stood out as a friendly figure who had managed to earn the respect of everyone. However, amid circumstances that have not been clarified, Paul returned with his parents to the Netherlands during that time. He enrolled in a master's programme to implement his sports knowledge. At the end of this, he gladly accepted an invitation to rejoin the sports department of St Andrews School. At the beginning of 2020, back on Australian soil, Paul reunited with a former school and hockey teammate. The two young men decided to share expenses and moved to an apartment in Kensington, a suburb located in the eastern area of Sydney. As part of his duties at St Andrew AS, he had to receive the sports teams of the other coaches at the end of their respective classes. 
and that included being aware of their schedules. It was this that led to the deal with Lily. Along with his main job, Paul joined the field hockey team at the University of New South Wales and also taught at a second institution. But apart from those activities, the truth was that he was a fairly solitary just then on March 18th 2020, as a consequence of the coronavirus pandemic, Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison declared a biosecurity emergency and enforced a strict quarantine. The restrictions imposed on all sectors left Paul not only with nothing to do, but also isolated from all human contact, even virtually. As was said later in some reviews, it was a total of 18 months of solitude in a city that, although known, felt somewhat foreign to him. Thus, supposedly, just as happened to so many worldwide, all that isolation affected his way of relating with others to some extent. In mid-September 2021, once restrictions were lifted and everything was returning to normal, Paul resumed his activities. He very soon became a key piece of the hockey team, to the point that his face was used to promote the games. And amid that openness, he had already set his eyes on Lily with anything but friendly intentions. However, according to students, she was not the only one to whom the young coach dedicated his seductive energy. In fact, some of his students considered him a kind of pervert who flirted with the teenage girls from school. Although he was already an adult, as they pointed out in later statements, Paul had various behaviours that made them feel uncomfortable like the inappropriate way he looked at the young girls on the sports team, causing them distress. Nevertheless, those grievances were not known by everyone. In fact, many considered him a fundamental piece since his exceptional performance was key to making them reach the Sydney Hockey League finals. Although they were later defeated in that instance on September 9th, 2023, a few days later, Paul finally gathered the courage and invited Lily out and she gladly accepted. Not knowing any of the rumours about the young man, that first date turned out much better than they had imagined, leaving both wrapped in a passionate and dizzying romance. However, that inner fire did not make them overlook the importance of handling things discreetly, especially considering their work environment. As such, they opted to keep it private at first. Lily fulfilled her part of the deal, but Paul, on the other hand, could not help but brag to his students and began commenting that he was dating her. As expected, the rumour began spreading progressively through the school until during the first days of October 2023, Lily found out about the man's blabbering and felt betrayed. For her, it was not a minor issue, as the way he bragged about their dates exposed her to criticism. That made her feel disappointed. The romance was barely five weeks old, and if she could not trust him, she was determined to end it. She did not want to or could keep moving forward with someone like Paul. And although he insisted and even tried to give her excuses and justifications, Lily was clear in telling him that she had nothing left to think about. It was definitely the end of any kind of closeness between them. In a matter of hours, Paul's heartbreak from the breakup turned into anger and not against himself for breaking a promise but against her for not forgiving him. Such raging anger simmering for days made him imagine the most diverse scenarios, all aimed at hurting the young girl. So he resolved to go to a hardware store, and there he chose what he considered the ideal weapon, a hammer. 
On October 25, 2023, Lily left home and attended her university classes as usual. Later in the afternoon, she went to school for another day of work with her students. Meanwhile, Paul rented a silver car and aboard this vehicle arrived at the school. He did not get off. He just stayed there patiently waiting for the activities to end. Around 7 p.m., when the water polo students left, Paul finally headed towards the school gym. In his hands, he carried the hammer. Once there, he saw Lily enter the bathroom and followed her movements, which were recorded by the security cameras in the place. Inside the bathroom, with no witnesses, they argued, everything happened very quickly, almost as quickly as their very brief love story had started. And then, amid the screams, Paul managed to take advantage and subdue Lily. Finally, the newly purchased tool served him to end her life. He took the girl's backpack and cell phone, and about an hour later, he left the bathroom. That sequence was captured again by the closed-circuit surveillance cameras. He then drove to the area known as The Gap, located in the suburb of Watson's Bay. It is an area famous for its cliffs. While walking around the surroundings, for the third time, Paul was recorded by security cameras. In parallel, Tita and Jay tried to contact their daughter again and again, always unsuccessfully, until desperate they decided to alert the police. Immediately, the authorities took notice of the situation and began searching for Lily. Near 10 p.m., Paul sent a text message from the young girl's phone, asking Jay to pick her up from school without further explanation. Why did he do that? Everything said about it falls into speculative territory since Paul did not explain it, and there did not seem to be a logical reason for that action. An hour later, the 24-year-old criminal made an anonymous call to emergency services reporting the presence of a body at St Andrew's School Gym and saying the case needed to be investigated. As soon as he hung up, he discarded Lily's backpack and hammer in a trash container. Then he abandoned the rented vehicle and walked to the edge of one of the cliffs. Then he let himself be tempted by the void and vertigo, thus ending his own life. When the police arrived at the school after the anonymous call, only a few minutes until midnight remained. Deserted and in absolute silence at that time, the institution was the opposite face of the daily hustle and bustle of lively boys and girls full of vital energy. Already in the gym, as soon as the officers spotted the silhouette on the floor, they understood that their worst fears had come true. Lily's body lay motionless and with no vital signs. However, due to the serious injuries suffered, at first the investigators were unable to identify her. As part of the investigation, the officer's first task was to seize the gym's security camera recordings. Secondly, the team tracked down the anonymous call. At that point, it was quite clear that whoever had made it had high probabilities of providing them with more information. According to some reports, the first thing they were able to determine was that the number belonged to Paul and they began calling him insistently. They did not suspect him at the time, but wanted him to tell them everything he knew. Unfortunately, the young man did not answer the calls. Shortly after, expert analysis allowed them to locate where that call had been made from. So in the early hours of Thursday, October 26, 2023, the police arrived at the Gap area and cordoned off the surroundings. 
After patrolling and conducting exhaustive searches, they discovered the hammer. That element was immediately considered the murder weapon. Finally, the agents found Paul's belongings. Around four in the morning, police officers asked school authorities to suspend classes until the investigation concluded. The measure was reported to all parents and guardians via text message. Of course, panic set in every household in the community from that moment on. Two hours later, a second, considerably more reassuring message arrived because at that point the school's management chose to ensure that no students were involved in the incident. However, after a sleepless night for Peter and Jay, optimism seemed to have completely vanished when the forensic analysis finally yielded conclusive results. By mid-morning that same Thursday, Lily's parents received the devastating news of their firstborn's cruel fate. In a matter of minutes, the family home filled with neighbours and friends, all willing to provide as much support as possible in an ordeal that no one ever managed to imagine. Even in the surroundings of the house, the local solidarity could be felt with different spontaneous tributes to the beautiful young girl whose life had been snatched away. It was thanks to the images from the gym's cameras that the police identified Paul as the young man who was following Lily. From there, the authorities were able to trace the nature of the link between the main suspect and the victim, thus finding a motive behind the crime. But in the face of no clues as to his whereabouts, investigators began to contemplate the possibility that he had attempted against his own life. In any case, vessels and even a helicopter were deployed along the coastline to locate him. Through a statement, Police Superintendent Martin Philman publicly released the name of the main suspect, indicating that according to the victim's wounds, it was evident Lily had been the victim of a homicide. Although it was confirmed there was no history of domestic violence between her and Paul, the broadcast of that message was expressly intended for anyone who could provide information to contact the authorities. During the early morning hours the following day, Friday, October 27, 2023, a group of merchants was getting ready to start their workday at a construction site near the top of one of the cliffs. However, they had to interrupt their labours as soon as they started because near the rocks, the macabre sight of a floating body surprised them. They immediately informed the police. Next, the authorities established a new crime scene there up high and also organised a rescue team to recover the body. The unfavourable weather conditions made the already complicated operation even more difficult. It was finally around noon that the Marine unit achieved the goal for which it had been required, a helicopter's assistance. The media was informed it was an unidentified male victim, although officers had clear suspicions about his identity. Meanwhile, the remains were transported to the Forensic Medicine Service to perform the mandatory autopsy. The fingerprinting that was carried out was sent to the Netherlands Embassy to compare it to their records. That's when the man was identified as Paul. That same afternoon, in what was their first public statement, Lily's family expressed their pain and bewilderment at the atrocious crime. At the same time, given that the police investigation was underway, they indicated they would opt not to make further comments 
while the young girl's friends and classmates shared their condolences on social media. Flowers and letters accumulated in front of the school in an improvised monument paying tribute to Lily. In addition, the video of her interpretation of Macbeth's monologue, which had earned her so much praise, was published on the high school's website. Likewise, Principal Julie McGonigal shared some warm words of thanks to everyone for the love and support provided in those difficult hours. According to her, Lily had always been able to exhibit qualities that made her a hard person to forget. Beyond the pain of loss, in practical terms and with all logic, it was very difficult to ignore the fact that the tragedy had taken place precisely in a space where minors should feel protected. Aware of this, Julie also sent a letter to parents, reassuring them that, in the words of the police, the crime had been unpredictable. Finally, in her role as leader of the institution, Julie made a call for the horrors of evil not to define their educational community. She indicated it was an opportune time to come together with renewed vigour. Some measures were also taken as a result of the events. Thus, student access to the gym was restricted while the library was transformed into a psychological counselling centre without an appointment for those students who needed the help of specialists to cope with the impact. Meanwhile, a significant number of voices were clamouring for the gym bathroom block to be demolished. Finally, on November 3rd, 2023, it was agreed this would be done. Amid the impact generated by the case, around the same dates, a renowned local media outlet contacted Tim Watson Monroe, a criminal psychologist with a long career and expert in criminal cases. They interviewed him to try to help the public understand the dimensions of the events that had occurred. When asked about his impression of the facts, and specifically about whether Paul was aware of the nature of his actions, Tim stated that the perpetrator's actions were typical of men with fragile egos, unable to accept rejection. However, in his view, the young man's relationship was not simply that of an angry or hurt person, but of someone with malicious intent. In that sense, he emphasised that there was no spontaneity, but a clear intention to harm, something that in his judgement was evident after the cruelty with which Paul sent messages posing as Lily asking to be picked up when the young girl was already lifeless. Another relevant element for the expert was the delay between the time Paul alerted the police and his subsequent death. From Tim's point of view, this could be interpreted as a sign of challenge to authority. In short, for the expert, Paul's profile was that of a narcissistic person with psychopathic tendencies. For their part, Stev and Esther decided not to transfer their son's remains to their home country. Instead, they chose to cremate him and scatter his ashes on a Sydney beach. As for Lily's funeral, it took place on November 17, 2023, at the Anglican School for Girls. At the same time, that commemorative service was broadcast live at the St Andrews Cathedral School campus, bringing together students and teachers in an indescribable grief. The over 500 attendees were asked to wear bright colours and bring flowers, just as Lily would have liked. In what was perhaps the most emotional moment of the day, Jay had exceptionally heartfelt words for her beloved daughter and for all those who were kind enough to gather that day in her name. Around mid-morning, 
a hearse arrived to take away the white coffin, and as it pulled away, friends and family embraced and shed tears, bidding Lily James a final farewell. Amid the tragedy, her parents embraced the certainty of always treasuring in the depths of their hearts every one of the 21 wonderful years with their daughter. Although it took her some time to publicly express what she felt, Barbara was finally able to condense in a magnificent way what she thought of her granddaughter. In Lily's case, that brevity was enough for her to make a difference in many people's lives. And well, dear viewer, here ends today's criminal story. Today, I would be very interested to know your opinion, so I ask you to leave it in the comments of the episode, always with respect for the victim. We can debate, but always with the respect we all deserve. Again, I remind you to subscribe and leave a comment to let me know that you like my work. Good night until the next story.